Hi, this is Nikki Beauchamp, Global Real Estate Advisor at Engel Volkers in New York City. For 25 years, you've been coming to Inman events to connect. Now Inman is coming to you June 2nd through June 4th. Learn more about connect now at Inman.com. Hi, this is Brad Inman with my daily dispatch. I'm super happy to have with me today, Steve Baird, who is a kind of a legend in the industry and has so much experience, um, a family owned enterprise with great cred, not only in the Chicago area, but throughout the country and even the world. And with Steve, we have someone really at the ground level, Meg Burnley, who is uh, a realtor in, as I understand it, North Chicago. Welcome, Steve. Welcome, Meg. How are you two doing? Great. We're doing great. Hey, let's get started. Um, you're in Chicagoland. You still call it Chicagoland? Yep. Oh, cool. Still Chicagoland. There you go. Um, and you're probably Cubs fans or White Sox fans? Well, I don't know about Meg, but I'm a big time Sox fan. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't tell your plays that though, right? <laughs> I'm a I'm a Cardinal fan. I was raised in the southern part of the state, so I'm sorry to say. But hey, um, three Illinoisans here. Let's jump right into this. Steve, where are you all at in Chicagoland in terms of the virus, in terms of the economy? And give us a, a snapshot of May and June in this. We talked about it before the show, the, the, the slow rollout. And how do you think that's going to affect the housing market? Well, you know, like everybody else, we took a big hit in April. Um, we're operating at 40 or 50 percent of where we were a year ago at this time. Sort of expect May to be a little better than that. 50, 60 percent of where we were last year. June to be a little better. We're still hopeful that June 1st there will be a significant step down in the stay at home order and that will open the market up significantly. But the way I look at it is it's just, a, it's gonna be a slow buildup as things get more open and people get more comfortable, uh, whether that's realtors or buyers or sellers. Uh, you know, we're- Let me ask you a question. Have you ever in your life, you said 40 to 60, 40% down in April or what was the number? 40% is worth down six, 50 or 60%. Have you ever in your career had anything blast the market that quickly in that much? Well, that's an interesting question um, because what we haven't seen is a change in average sales price, which is really unusual. Um, I can tell you that there were, there were times during the 08, 09 when volume was down 50%. But that was a combination of price drop and activity level. Today, we're seeing both those things down. Uh, so activity level during the downturn didn't get down that low, but volume did because prices dropped. We haven't seen prices really change at all. So you might you might see, we've got this bump theory that used to be called a V, but everyone gave up on that when they talked about economics. But now in the real estate community, Zillow, slight drop in prices, but they're, they're predicting a bump. Um, even NAR's 
somewhat bullish on a bump. Um, is is that bump? Is you that think that could happen, but it's still going to be going to be a slow recovery. Yeah, I don't think about it as a bump. I think that uh, you know that we've. I hope we've hit the bottom, and we're going to come come back from that. And the question is going to be how quickly we're going to move up uh, back to a quote unquote normal market. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is this came on really rapidly and we had a record first quarter. Um, so um, there was a lot of activity, a lot of demand in the marketplace. Um, interest rates are still really low. Um, so I think the real driver, the two drivers are going to be consumer confidence, as always. And what's happening with the economy? Uh, that's just not clear. Um, and it, you could it's hard for me to see the backdrop of a terrible economy, high unemployment, consumer confidence not being affected and not, not affecting demand for housing unless prices come down and sellers get more flexible. Meg, what about you? You're on the, you're not on the front line, but you are affected by this because you do have to stay at home. Give us your view. Well, and I appreciate kind of your last note there because, um, you know, as I was saying a little earlier before we got on this call, Steve is really fortunate that he, I mean, he's the owner of the company, so he's able, he's got a vantage point that I don't have. What happens, I'm in the far western suburbs of Chicago, which has a totally different vibe than the rest of the city areas, especially as you get further dense population down into the city. The way we do things out here is it's just different. I'm not going to say it's lax because people are staying home and we are following the governor's order, but um, I do think that people were willing to get out um, faster to go see homes. Um, buyers are definitely buying out this way. I think, you know, I think Steve's right. I think he probably will see more contracts and sales on the outer skirts of Chicago um, because the virus hasn't affected us quite yet, you know, the way it has in the city. I'm sure at some point we will get we will get there, but that order hit very quickly. People were very quick to respond and stay home. And so everything was pretty tight for two or three weeks. And then as time went on, people got more comfortable and were willing to go out. So buyers are very active. Um, I, you know, I'm a pretty high producer for this area. And the, what I've noted in my business is not lots of calls for listings. So my buyers are busy. Um, my listings that I've had are, are getting showings, but I'm not getting lots of new listings for people that are looking to, to sell when that um, order is lifted. And it is a multi-phase process and every state's very different in how they're phasing all of that out and opening up their states. And I think that Illinois is probably a little more restrictive than some others. And so that will probably, it should probably significantly affect our real estate market as far as how we're able to get people out and get more listings on. So new listings being stalled would suggest the deep freeze, like the economy, you're kind of hanging on to what happened before this, right? Um, and to generate, that's why I'm wondering, unless that picks up, you know, is it going to be a bump in the summer? Or is, are we going to have dog days? I'm hoping they're not dog days for our readership and, and your folks. But Well, can I give you my personal feeling on it? Because, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, because nobody can predict it. I'm not going to say that I'm an economist anyway, but my degree is in economics. And I did suffer through that mortgage um, collapse. I was doing mortgages at Random Branch when all of that happened. And this is a very different thing in the sense that 
this isn't just financial institutions collapsing. It's just what we had before. This is this is a majority of our economy and people losing income. So they can't even necessarily go get the mortgage. And then and then we've had a lot of tightening of the financial markets as who's qualifying. They change credit scores, amounts of down payments. And my personal take on it is even if we do get maybe a bump when these lifter, you know, in the state of Illinois, when they start opening up um, a little bit, we may get a little bit of more activity, which would be great. But my personal take is that there's a massive ripple effect that's going to hit us. And most notably, because there were some people that had savings and they had, um, you know, maybe businesses were well funded. But when you start hitting month four, five and six and people are still not coming back to norm because I don't foresee people spending and being out as actively, um, you know, as this lift order starts happening, I think people will slowly come back, but it could take months. But in those months, that's where you're going to see businesses just failing. You know, maybe they could handle month one, two, three of all, all staying home and not being out um, spending, but yep. they can't handle, yep. you know, five, six, seven, eight. And that's, that's the ripple effect that I'm most concerned about. And I think that's where you're going to start seeing, you know, you're going to that's such a significant income loss. It eventually does filter right. over to productions and things like that. So, Steve, that's a little death star. If it is, they're rippling pretty negative. What's your advice to agents or indie brokers or brokers around the country? What's your advice if let's assume and I love Illinois people because you're you're kind of practical. We you know, are. You're more down to earth about the reality. You don't you don't overstate it. You wouldn't call it a disaster, but I think you're being realistic and you're talking about it in a realistic way. But let's assume it's not all rosy posy. There's a bump and buyers are, you know, been pent up demand and they can't wait to buy and listers are gonna list. There's a lot of people talking that way. Let's assume it is bumpy. Let's assume it's not the end of the world, but it's going to be difficult. How do you manage that, Steve? And, and let me make sure I didn't perhaps the, your overall view is being too negative. But um, how do how do you as an owner manage that? And how do you tell your agents to manage that? Well, you can only do what you can control. You know, we, we can't control the economy. We can't control consumers. So, so what I would say is you got to get back to the fundamental You got to contact your buyers and sellers. You got to tell them what's going on in the market, and you know we're here to serve them. Uh, what you may see, which I don't as an owner, I don't think it's a bad thing, is there will be flushing out of the agents who are not that good. The better agents are going to, they're going to step up. They're going to step up. So it's. For them, I don't know you're going to see that much change. You know, it's sort of an A, B, and C. If you're an A agent, you're going to do fine. If you're a B agent, you'll do okay. And a C agent, you're going to leave the business. So, you know, that's the way it's going to be. And for us as a company, I, I actually, you know, it's a weird thing, but I, it's, it's uh, we do well in these kind of markets because we're a strong company and we have training and we have good agents and and so um we actually proportionately increase our market share during this period um and we're, we're you know i i have no question in my mind that we're going to get through this 
and we're going to manage through it. We've gone through a bunch, whole bunch of different crazy scenarios in the past. And, uh, you know, you got to work with what you got and uh, you can only con you can only control what you have. So, you know, you, if you start listening to the TV all the time and reading the newspapers, you'll go crazy. Yeah, I stopped watching broadcast broadcast news a year ago and I'm quality of life improved dramatically. Well, one, one thing I will say, yeah. which I think is critical and we can we need to do a better job at, the general public does not think that we're doing business. If you talk to the average person who's not in the market as a buyer or seller, my friends come up to me and they think I'm doing zero business. Um, and they're kind of shocked that we can sell houses in this kind of environment. Hmm. And, you know, I also tell them we sell houses on Christmas and, you know, doing Yom Kippur and all sorts of times. People buy all the time. And that that's part of consumer confidence. That's hmm. part of the why listings are coming on the market is because the listers think there's no buyers. And there actually are buyers. We're having multiple offers. We're having bidding situations. You know, it's kind of a crazy situation that you think in this market we you know, I've heard uh, people lose out on several bidding wars because, you know, the house they want came on the market and all of a sudden, boom, just like that, people come out and bid on it. Hi, this is Laura Monroe, and I'm excited I may be coming to your home soon. For 25 years, you've been coming to us for Inman Connect. Now we're coming to you. Sign up for Inman Connect now, June 2nd to June 4th, at Inman.com. Yeah, and actually we have probably not enough inventory to meet the demand of buyers. And um, the, the one thing I'm noticing or, or noticing a trend with buyers is that they think that it's a depressed market and so that they are going to get this crazy good deal. And to your point earlier, Brad, we don't have a huge decline in prices right now. You know, people aren't dumping, people aren't panicking. And so people are getting good, fair values today. And there's a misperception out there that, that this is the time to go in and just steal, steal a house. And it's just not happening. You're losing out. You'll, Meg, in fact, Meg, you've been bad. through bad times. You've been through bad times, you know, the mortgage you were talking about that yeah. earlier. If your ripple right. effect theory is right, there may be some bargains down the well, They're just sure. not right now. They're not right now. And, um, and actually, where I feel the biggest bargain, at least for the Chicago area, and it has been for a while, but I feel like this is the best opportunity today, is that luxury market. Um, you know, there's definitely uh, some concern, I think, as a seller, that if you're still in the market today and have been, it can take, depending on where you are, what your price point is, it can take over a year. It can take two years, um, sometimes three years. It depends on how old your house is, how big it is. You know, there's so many different um, factors. but there's so much uncertainty in whether or not uh, luxury buyers will be able to get financing. Can they put 10% down or is it going to be at some point where there's not a jumbo loan and they're going to need a $500,000 down payment instead of 150,000 and then your buyer pool becomes very, very small. And that's been an issue in Illinois for a while now, particularly where, out where I'm at. Um, not so much when you get down into the city center, but further west, that, there's parts of the- Does that mean there's opportunity in the luxury market for a buyer? You, if you can buy in the luxury market, this is the time to do it. And the sellers are not like the other sellers we were talking about earlier. They, they're willing to be a little more. Uh, 
Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, they're practical. They're at that point, I think, happy and willing to work with a buyer. Yeah, huge deal from the luxury market. And I think um, Steve probably sees that throughout the Chicagoland area. Yeah, there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal about family funds and how right now the really wealthy are looking at real estate um, because there's so everything's so uncertain. It's, you know, the, the old theory, which is always held true, a tangible asset. What do you think, Steve, true of the luxury market opportunity? Yeah, absolutely true. There's been uh, too much inventory. There's also an obsolescence issue. There's an over people overbuilt. Uh, there's a whole bunch of those issues. And, um, you know, it's always been a finite number of buyers, uh, but the supply has gotten too high. Yeah. So actually, I, I agree completely with Meg that if, if properties are on the market today, those buy those those sellers are really motivated. I, I have a buddy who's had his house on the market for three years and it sold last week. Wow! You know, uh, and in Highland Park, and it's it's not really a luxury property, but it's you know fairly high end. And um, he's just he was ready to go, and he found somebody. Steve and Meg, your your peers, both of you, what's the profile of that agent? in this environment who is hanging on better than everybody else are doing well and you think will do well in the future. Anything, you know, the lessons of COVID or uh, what is the profile of that agent? And I ask this for our readers who, who need to figure out what direction they're gonna go with their business during these times. What's the makeup of that person and, and what should they be doing or what are they doing that you've observed that you know, separates these folks from the ones that aren't performing. Any insight, either one of you on that? You know, I'll, I have I'll, I'll start with a couple things. Uh, sure. One is virtual. Um, they need to be virtual and, you know, video and all that stuff, and they need to be conversant in that. So, you know, the old paper, uh, CMA, you know, it's, it's not completely gone, but you better be able to do it virtually today. The other thing is flexibility. Um, you need to be able to go to your buyer and seller wherever they are and deal with them wherever they are. Uh, so um, if they're very uncomfortable with being close to people or they're not don't want people in their house, you need to kind of figure out how to show their house these dynamics. Um, and if you can do that, then you'll do business. Great point. Great point. You know, there, I think that there was a lot of, I think there were a lot of agents that were probably well prepared for something like this. I, myself, and then, you know, honestly, um, the Baird Warner company as well, we're so heavily virtual already. You know, Steve already had the company set up with lots of online access and training. So when all of this happened, people started staying at home and we were not just doing Zoom Zoom phone calls, but all the agents with across the Chicagoland area with the Baird Warner office were able to jump on online trainings. They're able to stay productive and um, use this time um, really well. I think the smaller brokerages that aren't hooked into technology the way Baird Warner has been um, are probably struggling. But to that point, as far as an agent's concerned, I was well suited for this pandemic because I am so heavily social media driven. Prior to all of this, so many of my listings, my activity was already on Facebook. I already have a huge following and presence there. So 
transcending you know, throughout this and being able to get through this will probably be easier for somebody like me who was already doing it. Trying to build it now, you're kind of, I'm not going to say you're not late to the party, but you need to figure it out. Um, and I, you know, my background with sales is we were kind of talking before this all started, you know, I did mortgages before I got into real estate. And I think that regardless of how tech savvy you are, definitely Steve's point, I do, I definitely think you have to be able to do virtual stuff. You need to be able to talk with people over video. Maybe you need to manage showings over video, things that way. But at the end of the day, it's sales, right? So I think the people that will weather through this are the people that are willing to be uncomfortable all the time because being a salesperson, no matter how good you are at the top of your game you are, if you are not uncomfortable, you're not doing enough to keep more sales coming in. So maybe uncomfortable is calling more people than you're used to, reaching out to friends and family you don't talk to very often. Maybe it is doing Facebook videos and social media, but it's doing something different than what you've been doing. If you're always doing the same thing and you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing in your business. So to that point, I think the people that will weather through are the true salespeople, the people that are always pushing themselves outside of their comfort zones to make sure that that the next client's coming in. And you got to do that with some class, too, right? Well, you know. <laughs> I make fun of drip marketing. I mean, that's torture. And I think right now, I think right now, probably not the way to get sales. But who knows? Steve, I do what Meg said that. The profile of that agent who weathered the storm and just not the other end of the Yeah, yeah, I, I, think she, I think she's right on. You know, you gotta, it's about sales. You gotta push that edge, whatever that is, uh, to get out there and, and um, work the marketplace and figure out what people want. We're in a changing environment, you know, how people are communicating, how their, com their comfort levels, so you got to try different stuff. You got to, you know, do all those things. And the smart ones are figuring that out. Some of them are there already, and some of them are just figuring it out. Just because you don't know it today doesn't mean right. you can't figure it out. And it just is happening faster and more dramatically now. Uh, but that's always been the case. You know, where is the market? Where is the market? How do you find them? You know, who wants to list their property? You know, the, the usual ways are going to change. It's hard to say right now because we're kind of in the depths of it. Um, so some of the normal stuff will come back. And then I just think we're going to become much more virtual, you know, in, in everything we do, uh, the information. But I don't believe that one thing's going to change. People are going to want to buy and sell with people. In other words, agents are going to be a critical part of the process. How, you know, they, we're, we're doing transactions now where the buyer and seller and their agents never are in the same physical place at the same time. And we're selling houses. Now, right. are they making that social connection of, you know, uh, between the buyer and their agent and developing that rapport? Yes, they are. They're right now, they're not doing it in person necessarily. Um, so, but that they, they still want that connection. I don't think we're going to skip over the agents and go completely virtual where people are just going to look at houses on Zillow and, and submit offers through Redfin. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. it looks like agents are more important than ever. You know, we need. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, you need somebody to get into the house. <laughs> you know, you need somebody who's able to to take you around the community. I mean, I do video tours of neighborhoods. You can't, you know, you can't unless you're physically doing it yourself. You know, I I think that people will rely on agents even more so. Hey, we've run out of time, you two. This has been really excellent. I feel like I'm getting good practical Midwestern insight, which I love. But give one last word. This, the Minman community is very large and global. And um, what give uh, give advice to the industry? What what should we, the industry, be doing right now? Beyond your borders, just think a little bigger about you know, the, this really wonderful, diverse, interesting real estate community. What should that industry be able to do right now? What, what should we collectively be focused on to help? Thoughts, Meg? Thoughts, Meg? You know, I think, you know, by nature, real estate's very competitive, right? We're always competing with each other. One of the things I've really enjoyed in the last several weeks is the camaraderie. When I am reaching out to agents, there's just the communication so good. And it's really about making things happen for the buyer and seller. There isn't this kind of this kind of head banging when you're coming together on a contract. It's about what can we do that's right for our buyer and seller. And I really love that because that is the fundamentals of real estate. It's about doing what's right for our clients, but making them come together and and um and selling a home, selling a dream. And I I love that we've gotten to that level again. That it's not this this game, right? that it can kind of be at times. Um, I hope to see that more here in If you're what collecting, collecting, you'll have more transactions. Well, and you know, I love this business. It's, I mean, it's such a great industry to be a part of. And I'm using this time, you know, they mentioned, you know, I am a high producer, but, and I could have, I, I thought about this when this whole virus started. Do I take advantage of the fact that I am heavily based on social media, and this is a good opportunity for my business. And I really didn't go that route. I'm using this time to think about what is it going to be like over the next several months and how can I move my business forward but still do the right thing for my clients. And it's not about putting myself first. It never is, right? It's always about putting your client first. And so I'm kind of brainstorming what what can set me apart from the rest of the marketplace because there's going to be a lot of agents that will leave. And how do I continue my business in a way that um, that represents, uh, you know, integrity, but you know, also shows that I'm um, that I'm versatile. I can I can move with the times too, you know. So that's I'm kind of using the time to, to think on it. Huh? One thing I think you will see, I think you will see people are going to enter because they're unemployed. It always Steve, final words to the industry. What should we all be doing? So, you know, just following up on what Meg says is, you know, one, we're in business. We are an essential business. So there are people who want to buy and sell. Finding them and helping them do that is just harder and different than it was before. Uh, but we need to find new ways to find those people and help those people. Um, and let them know that, you know, properties are selling, people are moving, people are, you know, I, walk, I do a lot of walking now in my neighborhood. There are dumpsters appearing. Well, dumpsters are appearing because people are moving. Um, 
you know, we assume and stuff like this that everybody shuts down, but that's not true. You know, people want to buy and sell. I want to figure out how to do it. The game has changed a little bit. We need to adjust to that. Hey, you were great. I really appreciate it. I'd like to get you on the stage at our Connect Now conference the first week in June. Hopefully, I can talk you into it. It's uh, Connect for 25 years. People have been coming to us. Now we're coming to you. Uh, we have an airline free ticket for each of you. It's called Zoom Airlines, and they fly from Chicago to okay. So uh, we'll hope you come on the stage. We're going to have about 10,000 people from all over the world. And it's insight like you gave today that we're going to pro be providing to uh, a, a big, big, big group of people in the industry. But thank you so much. And take care of uh, the sweet West for me. I love Illinois, and uh, despite all the corruption in that state. <laughs> this is Brad Inman checking out.